Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. I'm Simon. And I'm Simon. And we've been finding, buying and growing income from property for over 20 years. And we talk every week about the reality of running our property businesses. And quick request before we get into the all important mortgage episode is if you haven't left us at least a rating or a review, please do so. And please do engage with us on YouTube. We've got a few people engaging with us over there now, so please do have it over there. But at the very least, do please leave us a review, as did Kukox. And I've tried to say that as carefully as I possibly could. But Kukox said, excellent podcast. I am a former home builder in my country. And since I came to the UK, I've been looking for help to get on the property ladder. Hearing this podcast fills me with confidence to go for it. Great information you share on it. Thanks and congrats. And then asks us if we thought about creating a boot camp or some kind of workshop. Yes, we have. And that is something that is in the pipeline, Kukox. But if you want to be a star like Kukox, please just leave your uh, rating in your podcast player and you too will get a shout out on the Business of Podcasts. That's the paperwork out of the way. Now we get on to the, uh, the meat and potatoes of the show. And as, as we all know by now, if we've got Mr. Glastonbury on the show, we're going to talk mortgages. Um, Simon, uh, the date of this recording, we are a day after the Bank of England uh, meeting to discuss interest rates. And was there much to come out of that from your side? I'll, I'll hand over to you on that one so you can talk us through. Absolutely, chaps. Absolutely. Um, welcome again. Good to be back on. Um, Bank of England holding base rates again at 5.25%. Not a surprise uh, at all from within the industry. Um, it was uh, a, a vote, I think, six to three, um, which was a, a more of a surprise, I suppose, that people are thinking, right, OK, we need to drop. Um, I think we were we were all hoping for a drop rather than expecting a drop. Mm. Um, and certainly in January, not something which we would we would kind of expect, certainly within the industry. Um, inflation is is coming down. Yes. But I think. From the data received and uh, the uh, the release then sent out from the Bank of England, they want to make sure that inflation is is coming down at a steady rate um, and will continue to drop down to the the two percent target. Um, uh, they want it want it to be. They don't want a knee jerk reaction, <laughs> which kind of makes you laugh because they soon put them up quick enough. Um, and again, and again, and again, that that sort of felt to me like a knee jerk reaction. Um, <laughs> but um, but they won't drop them in time, which is which is quite annoying. Um, but I, I think certainly it's it's heading, it's trending. If you want to word uh, the, the uh, one of the words that kids use these days, it's trending towards um, an expectation of lowering over the. I would certainly expect. First quarter, we would then expect to drop, um, which so that that's got to be good news. That, it is. It's good news for all of us, if that's the case. Well, it is interesting. And as a typical parliamentary term, isn't it? It's looking towards possibly trending towards lowering, which basically means it's not lowering. And we'll talk about that in the future. But what was interesting and why we love doing this podcast with you, your, your good self is that yeah, both Simon and I had a quick chat when we when we came into the office this morning, and 
I think both of our sense was, yeah, rates rates must be dropping. I think that was already in my head of the title of this episode. But you you shook your head immediately and said, no, 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 no. That yeah. Simon Stewart, you, you're wrong. You got that wrong. Yeah, absolutely. We've got you. You would expect. Really, we we've had this trend recently of interest rates dropping. Certainly, fixed rates. The the media love to get a hold of this, particularly the uh, the delightful Daily Mail. Um, and all over the place, rates are dropping, rates are dropping, fixed rates, get your get your fixed rates here. Um, we've got a few left just for you. Um, and uh, up until now, up until a week or so ago, that was generally the case. They had been dropping um, both on the buy to let side and on the residential side, more on the residential side. And I think we 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 touched on this in previous pods, haven't we, where the it was a very sort of interest anomaly that the buy to let rates have not changed massively i'll put a caveat in there apart from the wonderful fees they've started um hooking onto them but the general buy to let fees uh rates have not really changed in the last few years since the rate drops you know they've been they a lot of them have been hovering around the five percent five and a half percent yes they have come down if you want to pay a nice big fee um, and there are some much lower ones if you pay ridiculous fees. Th- those granted, if you take those out of the equation, hasn't really changed. The residential market, yes, they have. They've been coming down um, from when we last spoke about six weeks ago. Um, rate in rates, residential rates have come down about half percent um, across the board, but in, in whatever sort of category you want to look at. Um, buy to let rates similar. Um, maybe slightly less. Um, however, we're seeing over the last cu- uh, last week or so, lenders putting rates up. Nationwide, for example, have put their rates up pretty much across the board, just over half percent. Now, the reasoning we don't know. That was announced yesterday. They haven't given a reason. If it's a business reason. Uh, I don't know. It's certainly one thing we know for sure is it's not because of the amount of business they're getting in at the moment, Um, because that's somewhere near uh, probably somewhere near half they were getting probably the year before. Um, So it's it's not business. So do they know how widespread is it across lenders? Pardon, son. How widespread is it across the lenders? Are they all putting rates up yet or is it just just a few leading the way? I think it's just the, the, that's the question which has then gone back out to the uh, uh, um, to the industry. Is everybody going to follow? Um, because no, it's a, it's a, only a few at the moment. So does that give us an indication? Is it just a, is it a knee jerk reaction for me? Just saying, oh my goodness, what on earth is happening with the in- industry? But it would give you nationwide a big enough to to for us to sort of sit up and think, right, what's happening here? Why are rates going up? Did they drop them too much? Is the um, is the question? Um, people are now looking at. Uh, we touched before. People are now looking at swap rates. What the swap rates are over the next two and five years? They haven't changed dramatically, so they certainly haven't. Yes, they've gone up slightly, but not in a not a uh, a trend we need to particularly worry about. Um, so why have they increased their rates up so much? Um, I think it's something definitely to keep an eye on for everybody. Um, There there isn't any indication in the industry that these things are going to shoot back up. 
But again, a caveat in there, if people out there in the in the uh, podcast world are looking, thinking, waiting, I'd suggest lock into a rate now. And at least you can change it as you go down the road. One thing I would just pick up on there is you mentioned uh, the wonderful fees. And of course, when you say wonderful, you mean gut-wrenchingly abhorrent. And um, I saw an email on that this week. Which So I got an email into my inbox and the headline was 3.06% uh, buy-to-let mortgage. And I mean, the, the, the moment that that landed in my inbox to me clicking open was, you know, mil milliseconds because I was like, oh, my goodness, something's happened that Simon Glastonbury decided to not to tell me about that something's going on really well. But of course, it was a wonderful marketing ploy because I opened the email and it was three. There were, so there is a product for buy to lets in a limited company that is 3.06%. So world starting to look a bit brighter again. But then it tells me that it's a 65% loan to value, slightly sad. But of course, there was a fee attached to it. And that fee was 7%. And although we're not going to get into the numbers here, but for me, for the property I was thinking about that for, that would have taken me from the 65% loan to value that I mortgaged at to a 75% loan to value property. <laughs> So this is what we're seeing coming through at the moment, in addition to what you're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, you're right. I mean, it, it's a it's a fantastic marketing ploy. You, you've got to take your hats off to the lender because you know, they they clearly know they're not going to be selling many of those products um, because it just doesn't work. It's just it, it's either the the stress test won't work in the first place uh, at 65 percent. Most limited company um, by Tillets I deal with are 75%. Simon, can you stretch out? Simon, how much loan can I get? Simon, you know, how far can we get this valuation up? It's not, oh, I've got a 50% product. I can go anywhere. I'd like more of those, but it doesn't generally happen. Because we're all investors. We look, What we're planning to do is we're looking for the future, right? When's When's the... Um, when am I getting the next property? What am I looking at next? How am I going to get the funds to get that? Um, so you're gearing up, not gearing down. Um, so, but it's a great marketing ploy. Hats off to them. Um, it's not far off from where they are. Uh, just to, to give you an indication at the moment, limited company buy to lets, yeah, 75%, which is what I realistically look at. And I would have thought most people are, are interested in 3.79. So that still comes with a 7% fee. So is that now the what I would then categorize as the best on the market? Now, this is individual case by case basis. So it depends on the loan amounts, depends on your individual needs. But to give you an example out there, 5.19% for a two year. This is an interesting one, guys. 5.19% two year deal with a 3,000-2999 fee, um, the usual caveats in there um, on advice, 5.19% for two-year, 5.19% for five-year with no fee. Um, so around the 5% mark, I, I still think if, you, if you're then planning your portfolio, um, a rate at 5% over a five-year period without a fee, um, that's pretty good money. Is that um, personal or limited? That's limited company. Okay. Um, so I, I, I really do think that's good money. Um, and that's that's certainly something to consider. 
personal rates you can get slightly lower. Um, we're not seeing the personal market. Um, that's really, really dried up. Um, so people buying in a personal in a personal name, the what we would call accidental landlord just buying their, you know, uh, keeping their existing property because they can't gear up enough. Now, with the current stress tests, they just can't raise enough money out of their own house to then move on um, and, and keep it. It's not impossible, um, certainly, um, so, but related to difficult. That, and what Stuart was saying a bit before about these, these special offers, um, the, when they charge these 7% fees and add them to the loan, does, it, does the 75, 65, whatever percent loan to value limit sort of come into play before or after the fees are added, generally speaking? Uh, before. Most, be, most yeah. yeah, yeah. They will, they, they will then add them on top. There are a very, there are a couple of niche lenders um, who will, who will want it included, but that's only generally if they're selling their book on. So you so, re, in, so, so in the most could part. actually have that 65% loan to value product. Yeah. Um, yeah. But actually end up with a 75% loan. <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, Stuart made a good point. The problem is, is yeah, you, get, you, you then create, you're then all of a sudden you're going, oh, I've got 65% mortgage here. Oh, the, the following day, no, it's not. It's 75%. Well, that was my point and be, before because, okay, that's fine now. And, of course, most of us are going to think this through. But right now, I, you know, I, I get, uh, let, let's say, I, just, I, I think, fine, I've got the 7% fee, 3.06. I've done my math. Actually, I'm happy with that. The funny thing is, of course, you'd never do that for two years. But let's, let's just say you did. In two years' time, I, c I can no longer get this 65% product because my property is now 75% loan to value unless there's been a significant move in the market. And this is the challenge also that people need to think about, you know, when, we're, when, we're, when we are looking at remortgaging. And um, apparently there's going to be about one and a half million of us this year in 2024 that are coming to the end of fixed terms. So there's going to be a lot of them thinking about this. So, um, you know, in five years' time, I, I couldn't get that 60 or 65% loan-to-value product. And that, for me, is is the irony and what we really need to take into consideration because we know, you know, that therefore, I won't get this, you know, the, the, the preferential rates that a 65% loan-to-value would give me. So that is the added, uh, you know, thinking that needs to happen, um, you know, aside from the fact, w would I give a bank, you know, 7% of my uh, the mortgage fee straight away? Mm. Not, not if I can help it. Yeah, I mean, the and it's funny, funny in in the sense that I have actually um, processed a couple of seven percent fees um, this year already because there are certain circumstances where people have just got to go for it, um, and haven't got a choice. The, that's the only way it can work. If they want to move away, if they want to raise funds, they're looking at the, you know they they're just looking at cash flow and going, you know what, I'll take the gamble that property prices will go up enough in the next um, in the next few years for it to make to make it worthwhile indications on that I don't think the indication is there for for huge capital growth um, in the property market anytime soon I think we'll have as it's done before if you get the right area the right property um, it will grow if you've if you refurbed it it will grow um, you know you'll get the, you you will get some sort of 
um, uh, uh, market growth on it and capital growth. So you can then look again. But you've then got to price in what happens when that rate then comes to the end. Um, and you're just then given the only option then you have is a product transfer slash rate switch with the current lender. You're complete, your hands are completely tied at that point. You are literally given, you know, what, what they have uh, available at that time. And they're not necessarily very good. You know, there are a few lenders who are giving really poor rates when it's for existing clients. Um, generally speaking, they're okay. Um, rarely are they market leading um, for kind of obvious reasons. They don't need to do it. Um, but generally, they are okay. Um, but it, what, you know, the, the problem is, is you're then going from, you're getting this fantastic rate again. You've just increased your, your, loan, your loan size up by 7%. Um, and in a few years' time, either two years, five years, whatever the case may be, property hasn't grown. You've got a much bigger loan. And you've got to go on. You've then, you're not, then not getting 65% rates. You're getting 75% rates. Yeah. So yeah, they're that, higher again. Yeah. And that's what we're saying. And that, that's before we even get into the fact that, you know, you, you know, that's not going to come off your capital gains tax, but that's not going to happen today. Um, but no. you mentioned that, you know, so in January, you had a couple of people um, going for the 7% rate, which I, which I find interesting. But just your your general sense, just as we draw towards the, the, the back end of this podcast is, it, it, you know, so we, we've looked at what's happening in the market and it looks like, you know, there's a steady increase in sales just as you'd expect post christmas but in terms of a general people coming to you looking for uh, products and switches what what's your sense of the market at the moment uh in a word quiet um i think is that it generally uh, the general um consensus throughout i mean we usually have that great uplift um rallying cry from the industry come on let's go and smash 2024 um, I'm a little bit, as you can, well, you can't tell by the, 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 how old I am, clearly, but um, uh, you can see I've been in the industry long enough to know that just kind of doesn't work. You're going with with market trends. Yes, there's there's always business out there. There's always business out there for brokers, for, for whatever. We, we look at rate switches, um, uh, et cetera, uh, and people need to remortgage when, when their rates are coming to the end and you need to speak to brokers. But on a purchase side, very very quiet um it's still the on the plus side it's not i make it sound doom and gloom it's not doom and gloom because clearly lots of people want to sell um you you, you only have to do uh, uh searches and have alerts put up from right move zoopla um whoever your preferred sort of search engine is for properties um and even if you just do it in your local area lots of properties of coming up. I do it for all sorts of different areas for different reasons. And the, the amount of properties which have come on the market is, is huge compared to what we've had probably in the last two years. Um, it's really, really good. That is positive. Now, the difficulty in there is who's buying them? Because from what we're seeing, it's the first time buyers which are, are, are quiet. They're not buying. Now, if they're not buying at the bottom end of the market, and buy to let investors not buying at the bottom of the market. It doesn't matter how many properties you've got, how many three, four, five, six bedroom properties you've got further up the market, uh, up the chain, they're not going to sell um, unless they come to a broker like myself and I can refinance it and then they can keep it. 
But generally speaking, people don't refinance their three and four and five bedroom residential detached house to buy another one because the sums just don't work. Um, they have so much equity tied up. And if you have to leave 25% equity as a minimum in, in your three-bedroomed uh, semi in, in um, Surbiton, um, you, you, there's just too much money tied up in it. You want that money out to then move on. So the, the question is, when will first-time buyers get back in the, in the market um, consistently and they're always there. There will always be a number, of course. There's a caveat to everything. There will always be some. Um, but I just don't think there's enough confidence in the market as yet um, for them to return. And maybe if we see the Bank of England rate drop slightly, that will give that will give a little bit of a boost. And we've also got the 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 um, the pending uh, election later on in the year potentially. Um, so that might have you know conspiracy theory that might have some sort of influence in what happens as well i thought elections normally dampened the property market well yeah, quite possibly um <laughs> I, I don't think we can dampen it anymore at the moment uh, I, I think i think that's the, uh, that's the issue uh, another question sort of around trends or or normalness um how does this january compare to a, a past or a normal january I mean, uh, is is there normally a sort of uplift at the beginning of the year? I mean, you mentioned about sort of the industry and press and things being upbeat about the new year and going forward and things. Do, does that actually normally work? And we're just having a a down year, or, or is it always lots of shouting and not that much happening? Um, no, I think I think January is usually fairly good. It is for for me and for the business. It's usually um, fairly buoyant. People take. Uh, people generally don't like talking about their mortgages, uh, finance coming up to Christmas. Why would you? You've got, you know, you've got their mortgages or finances. Surely you talk about them all the time. <laughs> exactly. I mean, what else is there? <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Should I look at the new scale electrics or should I talk about my mortgage? I really don't know. Um, but it, mortgage, it's, mortgage, it's, every day. <laughs> mortgages all the time. My children That's how sad we are, Simon. But they'll learn eventually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it, it, it's. We we do usually see in January uh, lots of inquiries. So lots of people just talking about it um, and they ring up. Oh, I've got this to do. I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking about moving. Um, we've looked. Um, right move always say, tell us every year. Boxing Day is the busiest time of the year for um, uh, for people searching. Is it? I've got better things to do on my Boxing Day to actually search for properties. But, you know, that, that's what they say. Again, probably a good marketing ploy because everybody talks about it. But I think, yeah, going in, it, it is, it's quieter than normal. I think that's because of the, the, the uh, purchase market. Um, and like I say, that's to do with, I think, first-time buyers. First-time buyers are, are, are not really my forte, um, but they do come in. And, and the guys within uh, um, who work within the, within the business, um, they have plenty of first-time buyers normally. They're not out there. Investors, again, it's quieting, waiting for the right property. Everybody wanting more money than they're probably worth. Um, it's a usual story. There isn't any sort of, uh, isn't, isn't rocket science behind it. Um, we're waiting for some sort of boost. And potentially, I think the boost will come um, with a drop in Bank of England rates. So, Simon, I've got two properties on the market at the moment. Are you saying that my expectation that I'm, I'm you know, that my expectation is just too high and I want too much? Is that, is that, you know, is that what you're telling me? 
Do you want the the the, the, <laughs> the marketing answer? Or your, How long we, have they been on the marketing answer? Do, do, do you know what? It's a it's a rhetorical question. It's fine. <laughs> what I was what what I was going to say was that actually uh, interesting. So I do have two properties on the market, but interesting. One's only just gone up, We've, and it's actually had a bit of interest. We've had two viewings, but it, uh, and these are HMO properties, and, and um, yeah, more more than let's say two fifty two hundred fifty k for sale. Both of the people that have shown interest, cash buyers. So, and and again, this is just anecdotal, but I just found that really interesting because that wouldn't usually happen. And of course, all the things that we're talking about in terms of stress rates aren't usually applicable to HMOs because we're okay. But I just thought that was quite interesting as well. Mm -hmm. And I wonder... Of course, it's a straw poll of one, but that, like that is—is is that an indication of where people are at in the market, where there's just this kind of like, if if they're fortunate enough to have that amount of cash, they'd probably rather, you know, invest it for now, wait and see what happens with the mortgage market before they get the mortgage. Do you know what I mean? So I thought yeah. that, that was just yeah. quite interesting from from what I'm seeing from a sales side, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I'm always very dubious with cash buyers because every. You, don't tell me that. Yeah, no, not with you. I'm sure they're absolutely fine in your cases or the others. Um, but but it because every time, literally every time I ever look, I'm, I'm up against a cash buyer or said, oh, we've got a cash buyer. Strangely enough, in the back end, they miraculously have to get a mortgage on the, on the property. And why wouldn't you? You know, with, with HMO rates lower than 5% at the moment, um, yeah, that's, that's good money. On an HMO property, why on earth would you put 250 300 four, five, whatever the figure is into an hmo property if you just literally have the cash i mean hmos are as we know we saw before brilliant great investment very few on the market though or very few good ones so Mine, you know, mine's really good particularly I'll, good. I'll give anyone the postcode if they want to message me it's fine <laughs> it's really good we can you know take the agents fees out please put your fingers in your ears agents uh, <laughs> contact me directly but and on this as as we draw the podcast to close i completely agree because the first my first thought when the agent said oh they're cash buyers my first literally the first thought in my head was why well, if yep. I had 250, I mean, I'd be very happy if they progress with it. But I just thought, I wonder why, why you do that, because that is a lot of money. Yeah. So then, of course, I go to the same place as you, which is, you, you know, and I've been there where you can put yourself forward as a cash buyer, whether that's with a bridging loan or you've got a very cast iron agreement in principle. And so you're going to just put yourself to the front of the queue. But I don't feel like we're in that sort of market where you need to do that sort of thing. No. No, I mean, the, the due diligence with, uh, that I've noticed that estate agents doing at the moment, uh, um, minimal compared to what they were doing um, before the rates were starting to go up. Before the rates were going up, they were doing absolutely everything, making sure you've got everything in place before you can even view the property. Now they're just opening the doors as they come in, we'll take anybody because they're not selling. Um, and it's understandable. And in like your position now, if it's a cash buyer, it'd be interesting to see, okay, Mr. Cash Buyer, can I see proof? Um, that's what they would have been doing, doing previously. At the moment, I'm pretty sure they're just going, let's just show them because we don't really care if it's a cash buyer or not. We just want to sell the property because um, they're not selling very much at the moment. That's absolutely 100% cast iron. So, but with yours, because there's so few on the market, HMOs are very different, going for a different clientele completely. So if you did have cash... You're not going to buy your residential property cash, possibly, unless you've been left a huge amount of money. 
but you know with with an hmo yeah quite possibly you know it it may be there get proof is what i would say get so, proof so, so i was just trying to cheer me up at the end of what was you know <laughs> of course. A, a very sobering message for me trying to sell my properties but of course i we are very grateful to have simon glastonbury share this knowledge with us on today's business property episode for anyone that's gotten value and i think we've shared bucket loads of value today and certainly simon glastonbury has in the world of uh, mortgages and mortgage finance if you do want to reach out to simon glastonbury his contact details will as always be in the show notes of this episode so head over there if you'd just like to get some advice And other than that, if you have got value, please do leave us at least a rating in your podcast player, Apple Podcasts, or head over to YouTube and subscribe if you're watching us on the video. So, and if you are, thank you very much for watching. Other than that, we'll see you in the next episode.